Well, good morning, everybody. I'm Brian Johnston, one of the associate pastors here, and it's good to see you worshiping with us here on this uh, beautiful Mother's Day. And so before we begin with our scripture reading and communion meditation, I would like to lift up a prayer for all of our moms out there, and not just the current moms, but the moms that are no longer with us, those that fill mom roles and the emotion that today brings. And so at this time, I invite you to join in as I pray a prayer that's been adapted from a UMC pastor, Reverend Jane Somers. So would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, this day we gather with eager hearts, hungry for your word, yearning for the joy you promise and love. O oh God, together we hold a vision of your kingdom, a people of prayer and open hearts, a loving body of Christ, eager to learn and eager to share. You bless us, O oh God, and shine upon us with the mercy of your salvation. And your good earth has yielded its increase through those who have brought us great blessing. On this day of celebrating your love, we lift up to you those who have given us life, those who have loved us, those who have blessed us, those who have taught us, our mothers. May your blessing pour out upon the woman who gave us birth and those beautiful, strong women of faith that have been mothers to us along our journey. We praise you, O God, for your gift of motherly love, both gentle and fierce, both strong and humble, both kind and true. Where we have been so blessed, we give our grateful praise, for you have provided loving hands that have worked so hard in raising us, cared enough to correct us, blessed us in ways we cannot have fully known as children. We call forth your compassion upon every mother who has unknowingly caused pain and suffering. And so we lift to you our mothers, so imperfect, also so wounded by this world. And we bless our mothers this day, no matter what they have done or left undone. And we do this because we believe in your healing. We believe in your love. We believe that your love every mother and we stand together with all mothers in solidarity, for we are all in need of your love and grace. Where we have failed because we did not know better, help us to forgive ourselves. Where we have seen your face in any woman who has been to us a mother, in her face we have seen your light and your love, and we give thanks. For where they have loved, they have kept your word, and they have blessed us. We lift up to you the heart of every mother who has watched her child pass from this life. Every mother who's been a victim of abuse. Every mother who stands in protest against those in this world that take advantage of children. And we lift to you the prayer of every mother who has ever loved and lost. Although, Almighty God, we cannot fully express our gratitude, help each one of us to be your blessing of love, a blessing straight from your heart. And we pray this now in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Happy Mother's Day. Today's passage, it comes straight from what we call the lectionary passages. And we've been in the Gospel of John for a season. And so today's passage will be John's Gospel, the 14th chapter, verses 15 through 21. So I invite you to stand as you're able in body and spirit in honor of the Gospel reading for today. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. 
You know him because he abides with you and he will be in you. And I will not leave you orphaned. I am coming to you. In a little while the world will no longer see me, but you will see me because I live and you will also live. And on that day you will know that I am in my Father and you in me and I in you. They who have my commandments and keep them are those who love me. And those who love me will be loved by my Father, and I will love them and reveal myself to them. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. You know, you can just be traveling through your life, and all of a sudden, a memory a past moment will hit you like a ton of bricks. And you are wondering, like, why did that even come up? You know, I had a moment like that on Friday. I went and took my daughter to a, a birthday party. And it was an indoor swimming pool party. And as I got there, if you've been inside an indoor swimming pool, you will smell, as soon as you go inside an indoor pool, a strong smell of just chlorine. It's the humidity and chlorine as you get in there. And so when I walked into that indoor pool to drop off my daughter at that birthday party, the dad of the party and I were just standing there. I said, you know what? I have not smelled this smell in almost a decade. Because in my 20s, I used to be a swim coach for high school teams in the area. And for about a decade, that was the smell I smelled on a daily basis and what I smelled like when I came home. And when I walked inside that indoor pool, it brought me back instantly, unexpectedly, 10 years ago. And all those memories of a swim coach just flooded my head. It was so bizarre, but the sense of that smell brought me back to these memories that have been in my head that I didn't even know that were there. Another thing that usually brings me back in time, and it always happens around Easter when we have all the lilies or whenever I'm at a funeral and you have all the flowers, but it's that strong sense of flowers in a closed area. And for me, that sense of smell just transports me back to when I was six years old and I was at the funeral or visitation, really, of my first true family member I know and love that passed away, my grandfather. And I remember being there by his casket, surrounded by flowers as the people were coming by to, you know, to say they're sorry, they're praying for us. And I was smelling all that smell, and it just brings me back to that moment. And I remember the first memory I saw my grandfather was, I'm like, it's an open casket. I was like, where did the rest of his body go? I did not understand where his legs went. I thought they just disappeared. But I just am brought back to that moment every time that I smell strong flowers. But we have these moments and these things that we carry with us from seasons and special moments in our lives that sometimes unconsciously we, we don't even know it's there until something activates it. Whether it's a smell, whether it's a picture, it can be anything. But we carry these things with us. We carry these memories, we carry these moments, and then they come back when we least expect it. What we have here in this passage from John is Jesus with his disciples. He is speaking to his disciples. He is with them in his final moments of his ministries. This is part of what he is calling his farewell discourse that spans multiple chapters in the Gospel of John. But unlike what we see in the other Gospels, in Matthew Mark and Luke, 
in those final moments in the upper room, we kind of get this picturesque feeling in those three Gospels of Jesus and his disciples having this Last Supper and everything kind of just moving along. While we know the seriousness of the moment, they don't. They're kind of carrying on. It seems like, oh, they're just having a Passover meal. John's Gospel's different. We get to see a moment here that's a little bit more somber, where there is a little bit of some confusion, a little bit of, of worry and unknown amongst the disciples as Jesus saying, I am only with you for a little while longer. Where I go, you may not be able to go. And they're saying, wait a minute, Jesus, what are you saying? What are you saying? We don't get this. You've been with us. We don't understand what is about to happen. And so you have Jesus here communicating with them, I will not be here, but yet there will still be God. You will still be connected to me in this moment. Wherever you may go, I will still be with you, whether you realize it or not. Just as we have those moments and those memories and those experiences traveling with us throughout our life that we do not know or that are there until they're activated. And so one of the ways he reassures his disciples, one of the ways he tells them in this moment, like, look, guys, you, you may not understand what's happening. You may not get this yet. You may not understand why God the Father has chosen this Passover moment to be my final moment and none other before. You may not understand the seriousness of this, but you will. And then I understand, too, that you're going to feel like you're alone, but you're not alone. You will have an advocate with you. You will have an advocate with you. And that word advocate is a strong word. Other translations will say it's the helper. It's the companion. It is somebody that will be there with you, guiding you, advocating for you. And so the word advocate is chosen to represent what will be the Holy Spirit. And they are not quite understanding what that means. But yet God is saying through Jesus that, hey... When I am physically no longer with you, there will be an advocate. We often forget about the Holy Spirit. You know, as, as Christians, we believe that God is three in one, one in three. He is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit is the part of the Trinity that we often kind of just say, oh, oh yeah, it's there. But we don't fully understand what the Holy Spirit means and what the advocate means for us and how it can use us and how we can lean on it during times of trial and discerning. But the Holy Spirit is for the part of the Trinity that you and me, we have now today with us. It is that part of God that goes with us. It's that part of God that we connect to in times that we need to connect to God. It is there, but it's often the forgotten God. It is a part of the Trinity that we just don't know. One of my favorite studies that's more recent on the Holy Spirit is done by Francis Chan, The Forgotten God. If you have not read the book, I highly encourage you to read the book. When he lifts up that that is one of the most crucial parts of God that we have with us today, is part of the God. It's not just a feeling, but it is a true spirit with us, whether you feel the spirit or not. And so Jesus says here, he says that I will ask the Father and he'll give you another advocate. So Jesus would have been the first advocate for us. But now another one through the Holy Spirit will come to be with you. And this is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot see because it neither sees him or knows him. But you do because he abides with you and he will be in you. 
These disciples have seen truth lived out for three years. They lived with God made flesh. They have seen what the prophet and the laws were telling them in Scripture. Lived out in real time. They have seen the truth. Those that have been with Jesus have seen the truth. Now the world may not have seen it. But they will through the disciples. They will see truth lived out once Jesus ascends to heaven, lived out through the disciples. And the disciples will have the advocate with them, guiding them, living out the truth they have seen. And so Jesus said, to reassure them further, I will not leave you orphaned. I am coming to you in a little while. The world will no longer see me, but you will see me because I live, you will also live. On that day you will know I am in my Father, you are in me, and I am in you. And those who have my commandments and keep them are those who love me. And those who love me will be loved by my Father, and I will love them and reveal myself to them. There are things in this world that will no longer be with you. There will be things in this world that are here for just a season, and then change happens. And yeah, you'll have those memories in those moments, and they'll bring back strong emotions. But what Jesus is saying here, though, you are still not alone as disciples of Christ. See, in this moment here, he was speaking to his immediate audience, but what we're reading here through the gospel account, he is speaking to you and me. We are not alone, and we are not orphaned. Just because Jesus resurrected and sit at the right hand of the Father does not mean we do not have a spirit of God with us. That will never leave us. And so how do we, as disciples of Christ, show the world that the Spirit of God is still with them? How do we do that? One of my Favorite stories to tell and, and, and people to look at, and I've said it before, when you hear the name Mother Teresa, you just immediately think saint, dedicated to serving India and that region of the world, helping those in poverty, giving up everything of herself for them. But one thing she has said is, is that over half of her life and most of her ministry doing that she never truly felt the sense and strongness of the Spirit of God as she did before she left, what called her to it. But yet, she still followed out what she was supposed to do. And so because she didn't have that feeling, she knew that the Spirit was still with her. And she lived out the truth that Jesus showed us. She lived out what the disciples saw. And because she did, others began to see the truth in her. Despite what she was feeling, she was still living it out. And they saw that, and people saw that. And then they began to see the Spirit and realized they have the Advocate as well. And so for us, there's going to be moments as well where we don't feel like the Holy Spirit is with us as strongly as in other moments. But I'm here to tell you, because Scripture is true, God is with you. 
wherever you are, whatever you are going through, God is with you in those moments. I like how the message translation puts this scripture passage here. It says, in just a little while, while the world will no longer see me, but you're going to see me because I am alive and you are about to come alive. I like that. I like you're about to become alive. So what does it mean to live alive in the Spirit? What does it mean to take God with you and allow that to transform you? What does that mean for our church to come alive in the Spirit of God? What does that mean? Does that mean that when you feel God saying, you know what, I've got something different for you. Go do this. Does that mean you go and you follow? Or do you be like, yeah, I don't know, God. I don't know if I'm ready to come alive yet. Many of us have felt the calling to go do something and to become alive in the Spirit. Whether it's go on mission trips, change occupations, to go and live somewhere else. I felt, I felt that calling when God said, you know what? You're no longer a swim coach. You're no longer a high school teacher. That was a season in your life. And those memories will be with me. But I was called to go into an unknown path. And every year brings something brand new to me that I didn't know was going to happen, but I know God knew. And His Spirit has been with me along the way. And so as we do that, as we live out whatever God is calling us to do, and we begin to connect to the Spirit, people will see that. And they will begin to come alive as well. And so what I am challenging all of us to do, especially with this passage here from John, and here on Mother's Day, days where we remember our moms or those who are mom figures for us, as some of y'all are mothers today or fill that role for somebody else, you come alive in your special role that God has placed upon you, making memories with those around you so that they, in turn, become alive and carry on. And so as Christians, may we, no matter where we are called or what is going on in our lives, may we acknowledge the fact that we have the Advocate, that we are called to live out that love and take that leap of faith at times, so that the next person who needs the Spirit to see that moment can have that experience with their Creator as well through you.